the college football experience, national championship preview and picks and other college football news episode on the college football experience are uh, on the sports gambling podcast network <laughs> is brought to you by hall of fame bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the hall of fame bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use that promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. We're also brought to you by the Hockey Gambling Podcast. Yes, uh, they have a brand new YouTube page, folks. And the hockey guys are giving away a hoodie to celebrate their new channel on YouTube. Register today at uh, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash HGP for the Hockey Gambling Podcast. So sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash HGP. And remember, as always, folks, to let it ride. Hey, this is Pac-Man Jones. You're listening to SGPN. Let it ride. Yes, not just one. National Championships, FCS, and FBS happening this weekend. Cannot wait to break down those games. Uh, but first, if you're wondering who the hell you're listening to, and hopefully you're watching this on YouTube, youtube.com slash the college experience. But yes, you are listening to Pick Don D. That's not a pick, this is a pick. He was raised in the land down under, where a man thinks on his feet, speaks with his fists. And lives by his wits. When Dundee happened, he was a superstar. I'm probably drinking too much and celebrating too much and not sleeping. Uh, would have killed a normal man, but nah. No, that's gone. The medical advice I got from that was, was like being hit by lightning. Pretend it never happened and get on with your life. Mm. Oh boy! We got a lot to talk about. We will recap a little bit, even though we kind of already did. We're going to recap a little more, dive a little deeper. But uh, we got two national championships this weekend. We got coaching moves. We got portal. We got players going pro. I am joined by my co host. Give it up for former, former JMU Duke defensive back, the burrito eating, sideline kiss stealing, wheeling and dealing, Patty C in the place to be. Hi, let's go. Yeah, buddy. Let's go. I mean, this is what it's all come down to. I like that to. hat, buddy. Uh, thank you, sir. YouTube.com slash the college experience. Sometimes you got to represent. I got I got a little soundbite for you, too, before we introduce the next guy. I, I see if I can find that, but uh, for, first. Who in the hell is Mel Kiper? Oh, we, we had a who in the... <laughs> a good one. Yeah, that wasn't the one I was looking for. But uh, where the hell are we at here? Um, Tell you what. Yeah, I don't know where it is. We got. Who am I lying to? Look, we got the greatest. Touchdown, Washington Redskins. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> we got the the end of the year, the culmination of a. I guess Nick, we didn't really get you. I got. Uh, you got to introduce him, but we yeah. need to get your reaction. We need to get yeah. your reaction. Yeah. Uh, we are joined by third man in the booth, the DFS God himself, 
Hey, I made. Hey, I won ten dollars doing DFS this week. Oh, here we go. All right, talk to, to talk to me. Uh, <laughs> give it up for the rooftop IPA drinking, homebrew making, tobacco road living, the free lock giving. Farmer, farmer, her in the basketball league MVP, giving a red seat. Nick in the place to be. There we go. What's up, guys? Life is grand, baby. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Can we get Bosworth on here sometime? Yeah, we gotta get him. We gotta get him on. Let's here. get Bosworth. Got the intro. You know. He might piss in your face, but I mean, I want to make a music video with Bosworth to that song. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, NC Nick, how you doing, buddy? No, you know, I'm doing all right. Uh, I'd make fun of your your, your ten dollars score in 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 DFS, but but that's ten dollars more than I made this past weekend. So, <laughs> well done. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about, buddy. Is uh, ten American plus, that I didn't have plus, before. Plus, I think both of you guys went two and zero ATS, and um, unfortunately, it was not a stellar weekend for yours. Truly, I went over two. Hmm. I mean, we talked about this. I got some nuggets that that we could talk about. Obviously, we have the Rose Bowl, where and I, I, I actually do agree with Kirk Herbstreit. They should play the national championship here. I'm surprised by that. Sounds good because you, your opinion has changed on that. Well, I would rather if it was up to me. I would move it around to their classic locations. Yeah. But they'll never, they don't view what I view as classic. So instead of having it at all those filthy fucking stadiums that they do, like the shitty super Manly dome or yeah. the shitty uh, Jerry's Georgia world. Dome. Yeah. All that bullshit. Just do it at the Rose bowl every year. And also you won't have this thing of playing the game. So damn late. Everyone was bitching on social media about the end at one o'clock. That's because yeah. they're, that's because they're waiting for the, uh, the sun to drop <laughs> right. at, at the fucking Rose bowl. If you just have it as the championship game, we don't have that problem. Well, let me tell you why that this is not possible why? because one of the things is the parade, right? Well, that they're insistent upon is obviously January 1st. Uh, and so if it is January 1st, the schedule would either have to change for the regular season um, which they're not going to do because Thanksgiving weekend, Michigan, Ohio state is sacrosanct. Well, they shouldn't do that. I don't want to hit a week zero. How about you play during Christmas week and don't, don't do a fucking month. Right? Well, I'm, what I'm saying is last uh, week of the, uh, September is going to be uh, the final week of the regular season. First uh, Saturday of December is uh conference championships. Second Saturday of December is going to be, could be the first round. Yeah. Second round would be uh, the third Saturday of December, just before Christmas. And then, but you need four rounds. And so I I think, I think you're going to be short by about a few days, but if it was up to me, I would move it around, but I know they'll never put it in great stadiums. So that's why I say, fuck it, put it on the Rose bowl every year. Herb streets actually right there. If you know, if it was up to me, it'd be moving around to the sun bowl, the Liberty bowl arrowhead. You know what I mean? You could, you could fluctuate all around, you know See, what I mean? Because, because they're not going to be able to do that. You could make it a semifinal every year. And that's, I mean, right now it seems like because they're pushing yeah. it into mid January for the championship it's, game, well, the sports becoming more and more corporate. It's going to so be gonna a quarter more of these bullshit. I just can't games. believe yeah. the Rose bowl is willing to be a quarter final every year. Assuming they're, they're sticklers about their January, January 1st time slot. And if they're not sticklers about the January 1st, then, you know, why not make them the national championship in mid mid January? Then you could yeah. do well, it. 
I haven't looked at the schedule for next year yet. What, have they picked a date for the national championship? Is it roughly the same time frame as this year, or is it pushed back? Due it's going to gonna be pushed you know, back a week. Yeah, because they're going to have the quarterfinals on um on December first, which means the okay. semifinals are going to be like when the national championship is this year, a week later, obviously, gotcha. and then two weeks into January, you're going to have the uh, the national championship. Okay. Next year, no. See, they give me this year. You fucking losers. Uh, where's the next year? Um. Atlanta, I think they're playing. See, Mercedes Benz. That stadium sucks. Awful. Yeah. yeah, absolutely terrible. And and GBO Farm says uh, LA doesn't deserve that. Why? It's the true neutral site game. Hey, remember That's that time LSU? There's no California <laughs> yeah. teams are making. Yeah, it. <laughs> remember, remember those times that LSU kept playing fucking home games in the national championship? <laughs> fucking terrible. They played four yeah. home games in yeah. 16 years. They yeah. won three of them. Ridiculous. Uh, hey, look, I mean, who's arguing about a trip to Southern California? It's nice weather. It's at, at least it's outdoors. Yep. You, you could pick worse destinations, GBO Farms. Uh, yeah. So, uh, NC Nick, uh, let's talk a little bit about the, this game because I really felt like Michigan should have won by more. <laughs> I felt Definitely. like Michigan should have won by 14, 17, something like that. Uh, um, I'll say first off that I don't think it was a very well played game by either team. A lot of bad penalties, you know, just like stupid mistakes. Uh, you know, they couldn't even. Bama couldn't even snap the ball on half the plays. Uh, Bama couldn't even throw the ball. They couldn't throw the ball either. I, I mean. think besides <laughs> a first quarter completion, if I heard correctly, now I did not fact check this, but I heard another expert saying this. They didn't have a pass. I think past fourteen yards. Besides the one play, they had one play all game past fourteen yards passing, and uh, that was in the first quarter. Yeah, well, I mean, when you throw for only 116 and you're averaging five yards per pass, those are not good stats. Do both teams have good defenses? Yes, but in general, I just thought it was sloppy football. And obviously, Michigan was the better team, but they almost squandered it due to yeah. their own mistakes. Yeah, you know, so uh, it was it was a fun game to watch, but not well played by either team. Uh, Alabama had a ton of punts. Their scoring drives were 44 yards. Uh, that was after the fumble, uh, a 52 yard uh, uh, field goal drive. That was their most successful drive. Yeah, they they yeah. marched 52 yards for that uh, 55 yards touchdown drive. So they got a pretty short field for that one. Cause a bad punt by Michigan uh, and then a 35 yard drive for a field goal. And that was it. Everything else was a punt. Well, and how about this? They didn't get any sacks. Uh, the, it says one sack, but that was Alex orgy running out of bounds on his own will for a three yard loss on a, on a trick play kind of sort of. That 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 was, I think, the thing that told. I the, think he got sacked in the backfield too. Though was that was that the sack or because he got tackled in the backfield on a quarterback draw? Would they count it as a no, sack? That's if a he rush. Ran out of bounds? If it's a design rush, there was one where he went to pass. Yeah, I remember him there, running out of bounds. And he ran out of bounds. They that's call that the a sack. sack. Okay, that's the gotcha. sack. Well, uh, that is the stat that that stands out the most. Is the sacks is six for Michigan and one. And that that one, you know, not 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 even really a sack. So yeah, that stat maybe more so than any other stat, really. Well, and I not mean, only Bama that, giving the other up pressures, first, the yeah, other pressures I mean, too. Yeah, Bama's O line it was not very good all season long. Uh, I thought they could maybe handle it a little bit better, but I don't know why. But maybe I was just giving them the benefit of the doubt because you expect Alabama to have a good O line, but uh, no, I mean Michigan owned them up front. Well, and that, that's my problem with, you know, I know we touched on this. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to yesterday's shit, but uh, I thought they were the most incomplete team in the invitational. 
this year. Alabama was, and that's why I thought Florida State deserved to be in over them. I, sure. I thought they were extremely flawed. I know they they beat Georgia, and I still think if they played Georgia four out of five times, Georgia would beat them. That you know they needed everything to go right. They had a fourth down that I thought the ball hit the ground. They didn't fucking yeah. you know. Like, I mean, even even this year's Georgia wasn't the Georgia of last year or the Georgia of two years ago. They so still beating them was still a very nice. I was win, about to obviously. say Michigan's still thanking the Lord that uh, <laughs> Georgia they weren't playing Georgia uh, uh, because I think that would be a, a much closer game as far as uh, on the field. I know this was a close game. Can't get any closer than that one. <laughs> yeah, but I still just think like that would be uh, a much more difficult. That's game. what a large yeah. playoff would do. It's like I was watching Texas and I don't think Texas is that good. I just think Texas benefited from seven backup quarterbacks and a down big 12. Right. Uh, I think Oregon is better than Texas. I know we said this. I, I would lay, I actually think I would lay like seven, seven points probably with Oregon against Texas. <clears throat> Maybe that seems like a little bit high. Yeah, I would say probably, probably three or four. You know, um, but yeah, if Oregon was was in the championship, if we had a twelve team champ uh, playoff this year, it would have been very interesting to see what the likes of an Oregon could have done, or, or like a Missouri or a red hot Arizona. Like those yeah. would have been very compelling stories. Yeah, a lot of people would argue that, like you know, oh, we're just gonna have the best team win it every year. Like Alabama is gonna if you let them in the playoff, then the regular season doesn't matter, and they're in the play. We have no problem. With the best team winning in the playoff, that's actually yes. like what been our well, argument. And the especially time. when you see the it's schedule, finding out who it is, who well, actually is the best team. And when you see the schedule, uh, you know, the schedule advantages that they do every year. It's not fair from the start. And then take Arizona for example. Since they've started Noah Fafita, they lost one game on the road in overtime. All right, by two points in a game that they probably should have won. If you watch that game, I think everyone would say Arizona outplayed a, a USC. So with Fafita. And then I'll take it back to like in the year 2000, I think one or two when Colorado won the big 12 and were, was, were left out of the national championship after beating Nebraska and they put Nebraska in and then Colorado beat Nebraska by like 40 fucking points and ran, like ran for like a thousand See, yards. That Colorado yeah. team would be included this year's Arizona team with three losses likely would not be included. And that kind of gets down to the heart of the matter. What are you looking for? Are you looking for the best team at the end of the year, which they claim they've been doing? But my point on the Colorado thing is Colorado's losses that year were with a backup quarterback. See, our system right now, if you have a backup quarterback, if you have any type of injury for a game or two yeah. at a substantial position, you, you you're forgiven. It can ruin unless, your fucking season. It can ruin. Yeah, you're forgiven unless if you're unless Alabama, he's injured yeah. at the end of the year. Yeah, unless he's injured for the playoff. But if he's injured during the regular season, they'll forgive it a little bit. But I do think, yeah, I mean, it, that is a, a a huge problem with the small small uh, playoff. Is that you because know right now, one Aaron, problem with your quarterback, one game he's missing. I mean, shit, Michael Vick in uh the year two thousand uh, two thousand one, uh, yeah, or two thousand two thousand ninety nine. Yeah. They go to the national championship. They're leading when the uh, at the beginning of the fourth quarter in that game against a great Florida State team. Michael comes back. Uh, Vick comes back for his second year. They go eleven and one again, and he's out for the Miami game. If he had played in that, yeah, you know, and yeah. if he's in the playoff, then maybe they're the national champ. Maybe they're the best no, team. In the country. That's what I'm saying. So that, like, to me, Missouri and Arizona. Remember, Missouri had to go. What? Um, what's Missouri's losses? They they really should have beat LSU. They let them off the hook. You want to crown them? You crown them. At Georgia, right? Yeah. Well, th that was at Georgia. So maybe on a yeah. neutral site. And that was a close game at Georgia. That was a last close game. Years, yeah. Last two Missouri Georgia games have been close. So I, I think it would just make so much of a better, uh, a better, you know, playoff. Obviously, uh, I did want to touch base on this and see what Patty C's thoughts were on this and yours, NC Nick. Um, so we've had ten years of the college football playoff. 
the four team invitational. Uh, this year, Alabama was the highest judging by composites on your roster. Alabama is the highest ever recorded for a playoff, right? They had 18, five stars. They lost to Michigan. So they, they, they ranked all of these composites for five years here. Uh, or they're based on their roster. The they went all the there. way back and did a combat. Cause I know yeah. like the composites only go back a couple years when you try and look on like 24, seven sports, but they, they did a composite for the entire college football playoff era. Yeah. And this Alabama team is the highest ever recorded 18, five stars on their roster. Hi. Michigan had two, five stars, uh-huh. Yeah, wow. two, five stars. And they kind of dominated that line of scrimmage, which I think you know, maybe, maybe that's the portal. Maybe that's NIL. I don't know. But, and then the other game, Texas was number six in that composite and Washington wasn't even in the top 25. They were number 26 with zero stars, all zero, yeah. zero yeah. on Washington. <laughs> and they just, they never trailed. They never trailed in that Texas game. Uh, I'm just saying, I think, do we think it's the portal or was it always counterfeit like this? I don't know. Well, Patty C, you're our recruiting <laughs> correspondent. What do you think? I think you're ridiculous if you think recruiting isn't a massive I, I think aspect of how good sure. teams are. But, but yeah. I also think it's it's playing less and less a role as as the because if you one thing you look at with these teams, Washington and Michigan are old, and getting yep. guys in the portal like mm-hmm. that kid from UMass that's a fifth year senior and go, going out and getting guys that have been in college football a long time, yeah. more important than recruiting. Oh, it, there are it, a it, lot of factors. Uh, uh, experience is certainly a huge one, you know, yeah. and re- recruiting isn't like a, a proven, I mean, you know, just cause you land two five stars in, in any particular year, doesn't mean those five stars are going to pan out. Yeah. That's Especially thing. in, 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 in college football, college basketball is kind of a, I think they have it down better to, you know, evaluate and know who's going to be good. College football, not quite as much. I mean, there's a lot of five stars who just don't pan out. Well, you know, and now, now, yes, if you can build year in, year out, and, and get five stars, and a keep lot of them are going to hit keep too, them. and well, keep them. That's true. Well, that's the yeah. thing to me when I watched Alabama this year, I was like, I don't think they have a stud running back. I don't think they have stud wideouts for sure. I don't think they have much studs on offense besides uh, Milrow. Milrow, yeah. <laughs> and you saw that. I thought in the game is. Michigan completely shut them down. Yeah, even Milrose, a, a stud runner, yeah. not a stud passer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but also, he might help if he had better wideouts. Yeah, you know. So I mean, but yeah, he still wasn't very accurate throughout the year. Um, this this game not bad. Uh, twenty no, what sixteen to twenty three, so sixty nine percent. He was not throwing to the wideouts. Yeah, he, he was just yeah. He, when you have five yeah, yards per attempt here, right, that's yeah, Dinkin yeah. and Duncan. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just find that to be, I think the portal is playing such a huge role. I almost think it's smarter to hit the portal than it is. I mean, yes, you want to still bring in players. I mean, impact freshmen can be a a great thing, but a, how many I'd like to know the percentage of players that actually stay with the school. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause I bet you Bama's probably affected some of this because they don't have the backups that they thought they would have because they, they hit the portal. Yeah, but they still had 18 five stars on their fucking depth, roster. Depth yeah. definitely gets crushed. Uh, yeah, I think I think you're right. Recruiting is going to mean less and less because of the portal, uh, because of the NIL spreading the recruiting around. I mean, I guess recruiting still matters immensely. I mean, in, in a sense, like if you are able to get an elite elite recruiting class and everyone else is spread more thinly, then yeah, recruiting can play an even bigger factor. But right now, it looks like 
it's going to kind of wash out a little bit. And then other factors will look more important, you know, right now for the last 15 years, it's like recruiting has been like the big factor that there's a huge uh, correspondence between your recruiting ranking and your likelihood to win games and win championships. But I think that's going to go away a little bit. I would still think so of these four teams in the playoffs, I would think at least 75% of their starters aren't transfers. I think that's think that number is probably somewhere around there. Like yes. I know, like if you look at Washington, the appendix and Dylan Johnson, I'm not, I'm not Texas, sure. Some of like the Texas is loaded up on transfers. 70 to 75%. I would think would be yeah. recruited by that. Cause team. what Quinn Ewers, Ohio state. I feel like Texas' whole team is transfers over the past Mitchell's years. from yeah. Georgia. It's what I'm yeah, saying. There should be data uh, out they, there. They have the, the kid from Wyoming at the wideout spot. Uh, they, they, they have a shit ton of transfers Their safety from Arkansas. Like uh, the, they have a lot of transfers. Texas does. Yeah, uh, but I mean, still high school recruiting is still very important. Cause that's probably going to be the majority of your roster. Yeah, sure. Sure. But I mean, well then 18, five stars. Why, why are they getting their ass kicked by two, five stars? <laughs> well, look, there's talent evaluation. You know, maybe Washington is better at grabbing four stars, like take their receiving group, you know, who all are better than anybody Alabama has so yeah. just cause they're a higher recruit coming out of high school. I mean, we, we know those rankings are fishy. We know like as soon as one school starts recruiting somebody, boom, he goes from a four star to a five star for no apparent reason, just cause Alabama's interested. Uh. Yeah, we you saw know, this actually so just just recently. I mean, I, obviously the Cormani McLean thing at Colorado, but the, just recently, damn it, I was reading one in the past month. I don't know who it was. That happened again. The Cormani McLean thing happened oh, yeah. again. That happens yeah. a lot. Yeah. You know, more than more than we probably even realize because we're not watching it like a hawk. I mean, that's how they kind of recruit the or uh, rate these guys is based on the offers that they get. And if those offers are rescinded or if they even that's the most ridiculous, if they commit to one school over another, they, they would well, take, cause it feeds the ecosystem man. Uh, fans get more excited if they have a, a top 10 recruiting class. So I almost feel like, I mean, I don't know. I've always, especially go another la- layer deep. if you go by like ESPN recruiting, well, who do you think ESPN wants to have the top recruiting yeah. classes? Yeah. Oh, there's major yeah. conflict of interest. Like when the yeah. recruiting service also has a contract with those conferences, right. uh, I will say that it is kind of a ridiculous, not ridiculous, but it's a little bit of a s- silly statement to say, Oh, Alabama, what happened in that one, one off game when they had more talent, what happened in every other game of the season that got Alabama on the doorstep of the national championship when they played teams with less uh, talent, they whooped their ass. Well, well, they also shouldn't have been in the playoffs. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but GBO farms uh, brings up a good example of Harrison Bailey, that Tennessee quarterback who five you star. Know, yeah. He was and horrible ever, at UNLV. Yeah. He was horrible wherever he went. If you ever see him play football, he's like five star. <laughs> yeah. The quarterbacks. I mean, look at the NFL. Mm-hmm. They don't even understand how to draft a good quarterback. Yeah. It's a very inexact science. Yeah. Uh anyway, uh let's talk a little bit of that Texas Washington game. NC Nick, uh I mean, I hate to to pull a Ric Flair and and, and brag here, <laughs> but I honestly think both my handicaps were fucking uh, spot on. Spot on. Yeah. Uh I can read you a stat here. Let me pull this up, but I found this to be quite fascinating. Uh, Washington wide receivers, Rome, Adunzi, Jalen Polk and Jalen McMillan and Bernard were targeted 20 times last night. And they caught 19 catches for 353 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, how statistically <laughs> not too that's, they got everything they wanted <laughs> yeah. essentially like Texas was that bad in, in the passing. 
game. I think you even said Washington doesn't drop passes. Yeah. 20 targets, 19 catches. Yeah. It's pretty damn good. Well, and well, I just knew Texas's pass defense. See, this is this is why I think when, when we quote and and I know sometimes I'll quote offensive defensive stats, but they can be bullshit. Sure. Washington's facing great qu- quarterbacks every every fucking game, right? In the yeah. Pac-12 this year. Yeah. And they're they're passing defenses at like 1 10 or 108 or 112 or some shit like that, right? Uh Texas was at 93, so people were arguing with me. I remember stating this there. They're like, "Oh, Texas has a better pass defense than Washington." I'm like, "No, they don't, <laughs> man. Like they played right. a bunch of shitty quarterbacks. First they got seven backup backups. Quarterbacks. Then but even with that, the Big 12 struggled with quarterback play this year." Sure. So like it, what what are we really seeing here? So the, all all those numbers can be diluted. Um, right. And you're right. I mean, when Texas was really turned it on in November, that was against pretty bad competition. So yeah. Washington had by far the better resume. I mean, first they were undefeated where Texas had lost one, but they, they, they played a much tougher gauntlet. And what I underestimated or undervalued was, and a great stat also is that Texas had zero sacks. So the pass protection really held up for Washington. Not, not only the pass protect, they won the Joe Moore award for best mm-hmm. offensive line. Washington did. Yeah. But Penix is so fucking elusive in the pocket. Yeah. And also, I mean, I hit on this. I knew DeBauer would run him more. And I think that's especially if Dylan Jan- Johnson's injured in the Michigan game, I think that's going to be a blueprint. He had a couple pivotal third downs where he ran for a 10 yard first down. And <clears> I, he did that at Indiana. I would not be surprised if he does that in the national championship, especially with even more. Uh, well, I, re- I recall on our preview that I, I said, you know, I, I, I'm not sure if I see that happening because coming into the game, Penix had negative yards rushing, but sure enough, he did run, you know, three for 31, a couple, huge, uh, t- two of those were know, huge gigantic plays. third downs. Yeah. Maybe right. that's oh. what makes DeBoer the coach that he is. He keeps that bad boy in the pocket till Boom. he really needs it. Boom. And how about, I mean, I think Quinn Ewers uh, didn't have a pass more than 10 yards until the, I think it was what? Oh, to a receiver. I'm sorry, because he had one to the running back. He didn't have a pass to his wideouts more than ten yards, I think, until the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, look at you know Xavier Worthy, mm-hmm. uh, and he he caught two for 45. Mitchell caught uh, what four for 32. Uh, those yeah. are not very good yeah. stats there. So I, I was right about. I thought Detavian Sanders and Jordan Whittington would have some success over the middle of the field. They did. They both had good yeah. games. But overall, I mean, Washington played the defense. It's not like they have, you know, the 75 Steelers or something, but it's a bend, but don't break. They're going to give no, up that some game yardage, plan some points. By, by DeBauer and the DC there. Yeah. I, uh, th- I thought it was a fantastic game plan. Cause if you watch Texas all year, Texas was able to get those wideouts uh, open as far as like deep balls, 60 yard touchdowns. Washington basically said, we're taking that away from you. Yeah. Beat us. We know you have the worst uh, bottom 10 red zone offense. And I know this doesn't apply for the red zone, but th- they haven't been able to dink and dunk really all year. I think they don't feel comfortable doing that. That's not their game. They're a home run threat type of offense. Uh, I do think they should have committed more to the run personally, because for I thought sure. that was their a- that advantage. Especially um, when C- when CJ Baxter is averaging over seven yards per rush and Jaden blue over six yards per rush per rush. And they only had nine attempts each now getting down early made them maybe force them to pass the ball more than more than they wanted. But I was on Texas because I thought the Rudden game would have more success and, and maybe they should have stuck with it a bit longer. They look like they were running pretty well with it. But yeah, when you're trying to catch up from when you're in a desperate position, because Washington's off, offense, they got everything they wanted offensively. I mean, I guess there was a couple of times Washington, Washington did. Yeah. That, well, well, Washington they didn't get the running game. 
going yeah, offensively. Well, I was just saying, but look at those. You don't need the run game if you're if all your receivers are yeah. are getting every, <laughs> the, the stats that I just gave yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like okay, four hundred thirty passing yards. Uh, but. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, I find it fitting that Texas never even had the lead in this game. So, uh, and a great, great nugget out there. Someone tweeted out that uh, Texas A&M and Texas still have never, uh, you know, TCU is the only team in Texas to win a playoff game <laughs> and actually have the lead. Uh, That's right. <laughs> you know, playoff game. one more thing on Washington. I mean, I, I think they have a, a massive chip on their sho- on their shoulder now, continually being put as the, as the underdog. You know. It was first. It was the Oregon game where Washington had already beat them once, and they're getting what like eight points or nine points, something like ridiculous. Nine and a half or ten. Yeah, was that where it closed? Yeah. And then the fact that they're the undefeated team, and Texas has lost a game, and like I said earlier, Washington's played a tougher schedule, and again they're getting points. And next Monday night they're getting points again. So and that was like an away game too. uh, That was like eighty to twenty Texas. Crowd, yeah. you know, yeah. well, is this a little East Coast bias? Is that why Washington's continually put as a dog? I've always thought maybe East Coast bias, but maybe it's like uh, what's blue chip the, bias. Blue chip bias, yeah. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> uh, Texas clearly has a, a bigger fan base, a little more cachet traditionally. Uh, I guess I should say blue blood bias, not yeah. blue, blue blood. Chip, but yeah. well, it might be blue chip. They, they're number five. What did I just rattle off? They're number five <laughs> or number six right. in the composites. Uh, yeah. may, maybe they're looking at that, but at Texas, they said that is the best defensive line, not one sack. And that's, and that's why thing. I think yeah. that's why I think Washington's going to be able to be right in the game with Michigan. I think Michigan's D line, maybe it is the best in the country. It looked, it looked pretty damn good. Uh, but the Devin Texas were right there. So, you know, if Washington can block Texas that well, maybe they can also limit the pass rush of Michigan. Yeah. The only difference is <clears throat> Texas has a terrible pass defense. Michigan has a, the number two yeah. pass defense yeah. in the nation, True, but a lot as of that secondary. Yeah. A well, lot of that is because the big 10 can't throw the ball. I was about to say, let, let me bring up this point as we, and as neither we could Milrow, you know? Yeah. Right. But yeah. I, I, you, if you look at the top 15 pass defenses in college football, Ohio state one, Michigan two, Iowa fifth, Penn State seventh, <laughs> Rutgers Rutgers tenth, no. Northwestern fifteenth. It's unbelievable. I yeah. don't know that. I don't even know if I believe those stats because if you're playing shitty quarterback play left and right, yeah, that that might For be sure. why you, you, you're puffed. You know, uh, Tennessee just beat Iowa thirty-five nothing. Well, this is <laughs> why college football is awesome because, and I think even this happens in the pros too because a lot of those teams are playing outdoor in the north still. Um, when you play in cold weather, you have to adjust your game, especially for late in the year, to be able to run the ball and not rely as heavily on the pass. And so, true, but Seattle can get cold. Seattle can get cold, yeah. but not as cold. The, well, that's what we said. We said all year, like name name me the best quarterback in the Big Ten. You're you're probably going to go McCarthy. Yeah. Other well, than be- that, you're you know you- the, well, the best quarterback <laughs> Michigan's played is probably Tolia. Yeah. And, and they actually played him, you know, pretty decently. I feel like, yeah, okay. they did. yeah. Uh, I mean, but Maryland uh, played them pretty close. That, so that's my point. Oh, Maryland played them yeah. pretty decently. Yeah. yeah. No, I think it. You, <clears throat> Michigan definitely has to be careful. Now, on the flip side, Washington, the number one twenty-three pass defense, number forty-three rush defense. I think Michigan's strength is yeah. their running game. Well, no, I even think that's jaded. I think Washington's rush defense is really not that good. It's because they play a bunch of teams that have great that quarterbacks pass that pass more, <clears throat> and so the one twenty-three yeah. pass. So defenses. it jades like the, the, you th- take those numbers. Washington's numbers defense. Yeah. They're just an average defense. They, they, they were. I thought they played great last night, considering. 
considering, like I said, their game plan, I think what they executed to a T of let's take away anything explosive from Texas's offense. They, they took that away and they said, make us beat you through, you know, dink and dunk. And they didn't feel comfortable doing that. They also forced a bunch of fumbles. Uh, and I thought they had a great play in the end zone, batting that ball down. Uh, they also had, uh, they had some sacks. They yeah. got after it. The defensive end. What's his name? Uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now, but he, uh, he had a very good game. They were yeah. more successful against Texas than I would have thought. Um, now again, maybe Texas should have leaned on the run a little more, but I thought they should have. Yes. And that'll be interesting to see what Michigan does. You know, does can, can Washington get out to a lead early and, and kind of force Michigan to pass more than they want to? Or are we going to see it, you know, more neck and neck? Is 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 Michigan really going to commit to the run? I think they should. <laughs> yeah, they should. But I mean, what is uh, Washington probably will come up and try and stop the run, and then is McCarthy going to be able to exploit the secondary? I think he probably will. I think both offenses probably get off in this game. Um, I think it's going to be a higher scoring game than we saw for Michigan Alabama. Yeah, I think it'll probably pretty closely resemble the. Uh, you know, Texas, uh, Washington game, except I think Michigan will be closer in that game. You know, I think, I think we're looking at what, what would you give me a, a score prediction on that game? Well, we're going to get to that. In a okay. second. We're going to get to that For, first. I want to say uh, the college football experience is brought to you by underdog fantasy. Look, underdog fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite fantasies, uh, fantasy players all season long. They got NFL, NBA, NHL, college football, and college basketball. Simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in, people. Uh, so what are you doing? Watch along, make picks, and make some extra cash on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. I truly believe they have some of the best college props. I was higher than uh, I took the higher on Penix at three twelve passing yards. That destroyed. <laughs> I took the higher on Quinn Ewers at two eighty eight. Needed that last drive. <laughs> Needed that that Dylan Johnson injury uh, for 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 that to uh, to hit, but it hit, and that's the type of stuff you can get over on Underdog Fantasy all season long, not just not just for the national championship or the CFP. Uh, so what are you doing? All right, sign up with the promo code TCE SGP and Underdog will double your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. Once again, that's Underdog Fantasy promo code TCE SGPN. We're also brought to you by the Hockey Gambling Podcast. Yes, we're giving away a hoodie. The Hockey Gambling Podcast, NHL fans, you got to check it out. Uh, the Hockey Gambling Podcast just launched their new YouTube channel, and they're giving away a Hockey Gambling Podcast hoodie to celebrate. SportsGamblingPodcast.com/hgp to enter. Once again, that's SportsGamblingPodcast.com/hgp. All right, we will get back to picking the. Uh, both championship games, but we didn't have a chance to talk about the news that came out of left field about 10 days ago, maybe 12 days ago. Jerry kill resigns from New Mexico state. What odd. He just, he just took him to a 10 win season year two. His quarterbacks coming back. I mean, everything's looking up. Do we believe the story that it's health related? Well, he's been able to use that health related thing a, a few times, past, but, but maybe. maybe, you know, cause that's probably legit, but I don't know. It makes me th- something ain't smelling right to me. Well, saying you want to kill the opposing uh, teams, uh, your rivals, athletic director, I think Well, his name's Jerry kill. Yeah. He's you a killer. Who you're <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, that, that might have had something to do with it, but they're not saying that specifically. Well, no, it makes I don't me- know. I think he'd come out and say it if it did. 
Well, probably, but something he's, doesn't he's, smell he's not right. One to parse words, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> so, so they, they, so they hire uh, what Tony Sanchez, right? The former UNLV head coach, who I believe played at New Mexico State, if memory serves me correct. Um, the problem is, is the whole team hit the portal after that, including Diego Pissing Pavia, the legend, uh, their star quarterback. To me, if you were keeping one of your guys, I would think they'd be able to keep everything intact. So why the hell does the whole team hit the portal? Because there's only one Jerry Kill. I think there's something. I think there's something there. I think there's something there. Maybe he's classing it up and saying, "Okay, why would they get rid of?" So him? I never get Jerry Kill Bronco Mendenhall, which I dreamed about the Rio Grande rivalry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what it is? What's that? He went to Roswell and he saw more than mm, he was supposed to see. The old Roswell <laughs> anger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, hanger, <laughs> hanger, uh, area 51. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Something like that. Um, but, but now, so they go, Sanchez was not successful at UNLV. I was surprised. They didn't do more of a coaching search. It seemed like to be right away that they just named him the next head coach. I know like he has ties to the university, but I was a little surprised by that. Uh, you know, who didn't have ties to the university? I don't think was Jerry kill and look how good he did. So that the whole ties to the university that can be overrated. Well, that's what I'm saying. Opinion. It didn't. Well, it didn't seem like they had an Jim interviewing. <laughs> yeah, it, but it didn't even seem like they had an interviewing process. Nick Saban. Yeah. For every one you true. got, I got one too. Okay. True. 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 <laughs> uh, my yeah, Nick Saban. You sold. You could have coached at Kent State. You filth. You filth. Uh, <laughs> you sold your soul. Yeah. Uh, no, but but that's why I think it just it seemed weird to me. They didn't even do an interviewing process. As far as I know, besides Sanchez, they just went straight to Sanchez. I don't know. I don't like it. And they're my boys with their sweet ass mascot. Well, you know what I like? I like coaches and players representing their state. Well, as much as I like an O'Brien at Boston College, I like a Sanchez <laughs> at New Mexico State. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, something minor to also the 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 transfer portal. We had all this crazy news. Guys going pro to Cam Ward, Washington State starting quarterback, who was rumored to be Ohio State and Miami's next starting quarterback. He said fuck you to them and he's going to the NFL. Mm, mm, this be- makes me think of something. We also saw Liberty quarterback Caden Salter, J uh Jaden Mavia, the uh Mavea, I forget how to pronounce that, the UNLV starting quarterback hit the portal. But I was thinking about this. I don't know. We talked about this a little bit yesterday, watching the game. Who the hell is Ohio State? Because Kyle Honda McCord is now at Syracuse. Right. Um. We saw how bad their quarterback Brown, play was in yeah. the Missouri game. Uh, Miami has lost their backup quarterbacks or their starting quarterback slash. What the hell's going on here? And what are these teams gonna do? Like, there's not many QBs. I feel like that are DJ. You just committed to Florida State. That was a huge get. Because there's not much more. I mean, Matthew Saluka, we all know he's a fucking beast. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's, some, there's some players that we like, but it's like, are they really going to be the quarterback of Ohio State next year? Like, is Salter or Pavia going to be the quarterback for the Buckeyes? I, I find that hard to believe a little bit, but eventually they might take a chance on somebody like that and at least bring them in. But well, I'm just a bit baffled that, like, I I just don't know. I mean, I know what. Uh, JMU's McLeod is still in the portal. Do you think he could play at Ohio State, Patty C, or Miami? Sure, I think so. I mean, <clears throat> look, I'm just gonna say this: mobile quarterbacks 
you can plug and play with a little more easily just because you can use their athleticism, even if it takes them yeah. a little while to learn a system. Um, but it takes a little more to develop a passer. How is Ohio State de- done developing passers Do they, with a, an entire offseason here? Uh, Devin Brown didn't look like he's much of a passer at all. You know? no. I love that he wears the Sammy Ball jersey number. Though. I love that too. But yeah, for Ohio State to have a completely empty cupboard on quarterbacks and not have any mobility because they've they've done the mobility thing before, like Braxton Miller. They're like, all right, this guy's not really a quarterback, but we'll just you know get him out on the edges and throw short passes with him and make this thing work. You know, with the rest of the talent we have around him, you can't really do that with you know lawn chairs, which is kind of what they have right now. So the only quarterbacks that I see remaining out there, and I'm seeing Will Howard still out there, but I hear that he's rumored to already have made a deal with USC. But you have Malachi Nelson, the former former big time recruit at USC, who we've never really ever seen play. Caden Salter from Liberty. Uh, then it's a bit uh, Mavia, uh, Mavea. I don't know how how that's pronounced from UNLV and Jordan McLeod. So you have base. You don't have a lot of starting quarterback experience from previous years out there right now. KJ Jefferson just went to UCF. Uh. I don't know. I mean, I just feel like Ohio State might maybe should I think maybe their best plan would have been keep Honda McCord because I do you really feel great about if if Ohio State goes into the season next year starting, you know, Mavia or one of these other guys. How do you spell Salter, that name? I don't know how I don't know uh M A I We know who you're talking about. Yeah, M A I A V A People uh, don't come to us for pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> it's close to uh, Rocky Maivia, which <clears throat> is the rock. Dwayne, the rock Johnson oh. was his original character in the WWE. I don't think they're getting uh, any of that uh, bloodline. We would know if he was uh, going to Ohio but state. No, my point though, is that, Hey, even Duke got Malik Murphy, which That's is what I, I'm thought saying. Good, I thought was a very good get. Well, so, especially uh, you got him at a time where I think, I think in hindsight, some of these other schools, like Miami that or Ohio State that thought they were going to get Cam Ward, yeah. I think now they might be going, oh shit, you know, like who, now, scr- scrambling, right? Sure, <laughs> they could they could interfere because there's no NCAA police. They could probably DM somebody and say transfer right now. Uh, we'll give you a, we'll give you a million bucks or something like that, and they could probably pry a name out there. But I'm saying as of the right now today, it's looking bleak. Yeah, which means Ryan Day is sitting firmly on the hot seat coming into this year. Yeah, because and beyond even like performance, you know, Ohio State expects to be projecting uh, themselves as a place that you know you can get drafted highly as, as a you know whatever position you come in as. And if if you have empty cupboards, it's it, you know it's a little odd though, is that it must be really hard for certain coaches to uh, attract and develop great quarterback play because Nick Saban for a long time he he hit a hot streak there with. Mac Jones and uh, Tua and Jalen Hurts, but prior to that, they were you know empty cupboard at quarterback most of the time, and since then it's kind of lo- looked a little bad. Ryan Day has had good good quarterback play up until now, but now it's like, dude, you have like an entirely empty cupboard. Yeah, yeah. They need to get someone in there. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just find that crazy that Ohio State is. I mean, like I said, maybe maybe the jokes on me and. They'll be able to go out and land someone that's really good that's not in the portal right now. Hmm. You know, maybe maybe they they call up somebody and boom, they they bring him in. But I don't know. There's well, not I mean, that many good quarterbacks. They, hey, I, I'm they? like I'm trying to think quickly of like who who that could be. 
know? Yeah. Uh, are they going to lure uh, Quinnewers back? <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe they go and get a uh, uh, arch. <laughs> I, I can't Let's see go. That. You're going to take yeah, our guy. Yeah. We're going to take oh, yours. Man. Arch Manning at, at Ohio state. Jeez. I think the, Just, the, the I think Twitter would explode. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but, but that, that that's kind of like uh, an indication of like how all of this uh, movement, I mean, they had a, a, what seemed like a pretty stocked room. And if you have that many quality quarterbacks competing against each other, one of them probably will emerge as a stud, but Ewers leaving and McCord leaving. It's like all of a sudden, whoa. Well, th- I think they pushed McCord out the door. Yeah, yeah they, they, they thought they're going to get Cam Ward or somebody yeah. else. Yeah. Oops. Uh, fascinating to watch over and and just because the season's ending in a week, don't think we're not covering all that shit. We never stop talking college football here on the College Football Experience. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I mean, that's pretty much all the news there. Let's talk about the games because on Sunday, why the fuck? <laughs> Do they schedule this for Sunday? Uh, have no we have idea. the FCS national it, championship. You know what would be a great lead up? You know what would be yeah. a great lead up to the national championship on Monday, <laughs> or a Saturday night primetime spot? The FCS national championship, which yeah. I think is an awesome game this year. I think South Dakota State Montana is an awesome game. This is a uh, they they've played a lot, uh, you know, historically in, in college football, and, and it's a great two blue bloods. <laughs> yeah, in my this opinion. is essentially like, two blue bloods of the FCS, and we're fucking this up by putting it. In the middle of a Sunday afternoon with playoff implications in the NFL. Yeah. And rivalries being played all over the place. Yeah. And, and Friday night, I mean. Monday. Anything, how about before you know, the national championship? How about we go double header right into that? Screw Sunday Monday. Put two. them both on Saturday. Yeah. I don't even like the Monday thing either with the Me national either. championship. You should be able to party yeah. the night of the national championship. Yeah, I Put agree, it on right. Monday and then have the rest of the day leading up to the yeah. national Give us, It shouldn't be no, back Saturday. to back. Or Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Put them yeah, on Saturday. Yeah. And, have and the that's rest. you guys. Where the, the game's going to come on at like six o'clock? For me, the game comes on at like nine o'clock. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So look, it's Saturday at noon, noon Pacific, Sunday three, noon. No, no I'm, I'm saying what? they should do oh, Saturday yes. at noon Pacific for the FCS, FCS, and, and then lead like a five thirty. Lead that in same channel, so the people get fucking educated about the FCS. And they catch these great fucking brands and they realize, Hey, this football is amazing. And then what? Like a two hour gap to prep up for the, the uh, uh, two hour, my one ass, hour, one yeah, hour gap. Yeah, yeah. There we to go. Prep up yeah. for the uh, FBS national championship. I, I like mean, it. it's not that fucking hard. It's really not that hard. What are you doing folks? Uh, all right. Frisco, Texas. And that I, would be awesome. That'd be yes. fucking awesome. If they You'd lead up to a it. Great day of college football. Yes. Yeah. They, they're so unorganized. The sport is so fucking unorganized. Um, Montana, South Dakota state. The spread is 12 and a half points. South Dakota state won the national championship a year ago uh, and, and brought pretty much everybody back other than their head coach. Yes. Uh, the, the, but their OC became their head coach. True. Uh, but you know, I I think it's a fascinating game because if you look back at what the Jackrabbits have done, first off, they've kind of kicked everyone's ass except Montana State at the Dyke House Week Two, right? Yeah. Uh, Montana State. Me and Patty C were watching this game. Montana State almost. We thought they completed a game-winning touchdown. On review, he st- he uh, bobbled the ball and stepped out of bounds, so uh, they were able to prevail. South Dakota State was, but besides that, they have pretty much dealt. Death blows to a lot of teams. I, I guess the Salukis of Southern Illinois kept it within one score. Villanova and Villanova, in, yeah. in that was crazy that, wins. That, yeah, 
Exactly. I think that's why if that game was played in good conditions, I, I don't think Villanova is that close. Well, I can tell you this still of which teams that they've played have been anywhere near Montana's quality. Montana state, Montana state. Well, no yeah. uh, Montana. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And, and there you go. That was a close game. game. Yeah. Well, they, uh, they beat, they beat uh, North Dakota state 33, 16. True. That's true. True. That's but, a good one. But, but clearly Montana is better than North Dakota state. Cause we saw it. Uh, and what was the what, two overtimes? Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. the best. I mean, I think they're kind of right there. I don't know if they're that much better. Oh, South Dakota State to win in double overtime. No, yeah. but I think North Dakota State turned turned a corner later in the year. I think yeah, had they, they played really South Dakota end. State because in the middle of the season, North Dakota State was really struggling. Yeah, I think they turned a corner late in the year. But South Dakota State, obviously, Mark Gronowski. Uh, this is a guy who's 28 touchdowns, four interceptions on the season. We've watched him for a long time. It feels like now, Nick. But but at the same time. He was. A, I think. Was, I think he's a true freshman when we first saw him in, in 2020, right? Yeah, and I hear he's he's going to be back. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess he theor- theoretically he could be Ohio State's next quarterback because he's in the he he could hit the portal after this, but <laughs> he's going to be back next year. If not, uh, Isaiah Davis is a running back that the NFL loves. Yeah, apparently, he's awesome. uh, rushed for almost 1,500 yards and 17 touchdowns, and they got the brothers, Jaden and Jackson Janky, uh, at, at the wide receiver spot. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then they have the number one ranked defense in the, all of the FCS. Um, it's going to be hard, but let's talk about the other team here. The Montana Grizzlies, I think have had a magical season when you really, so early in the year here, we covered it on the FCS, me and golf coast guru subscribe to the FCS college football experience folks, where we focus uh, on FCS college football year round there. Um, but out the gate, the Butler Bulldogs gave Montana all they could handle in Missoula week one, week two which was shocking to me because Butler, you know, doesn't really put football first uh, <laughs> week two. Montana went down to Zion stadium there in St. George, Utah and beat the piss out of a Utah tech team. Okay. But then they almost lost to Ferris state. Me and Patty see Ferris state is a D two school. Ferris state a damn had a good D two yeah, school. Uh, had a chance to win that game or at least tie that game. Uh, to send it to overtime, you know, they I, fell short. I wouldn't give them too much flack for that, just because, like we've seen with FCS and FBS, the best uh, FCS schools are often a challenge for yeah. even some of the best FBS schools. Well, I can tell you this: my point that I'm trying to make is the first five weeks of the season. So Butler, Utah Tech, Ferris State. Then they the week four they lose in the the walk up Sky Dome, that filthy place in Flagstaff, right? Uh, and NAU wasn't great. And then Idaho state who wasn't great. Cody Hawkins, their head coach. Uh, they barely escaped those five weeks. I was convinced if you listened to us back, I was like, man, Montana's counterfeit. They made a quarterback change though. They had, they originally starting the former Oregon state quarterback, Sam Vidlock. They switched to Clifton McDowell. All right. Uh, they got the big Mac. We got the big Mick. All right. Uh, <laughs> This guy is a dual threat quarterback. And to me, that was the team got behind this. They were calling for Bobby Hawk, who had, you know, this is his second stint at Montana. He won an FCS national championship. The back. disrespect. Yeah. And, and they figured things out, man. And the defense started playing better. This is a guy what, that for one loss, they're calling for his head. You know, they were saying that since they rehired him, he Montana's had struggles. Well, then they went off on this, this miraculous run here. Uh, and they've been red hot ever since. And it's been a fascinating story to watch. They've, they've, between McDowell that does the, uh, you know, kind of a dual threat. He, he's got games where he rushes over a hundred yards. 
And then their special teams and their defense have been fantastic. So it has been a very fun story to watch in Missoula. Cause I'll be honest. I thought, I thought this team was kind of fool's gold early in the year, but ever since they made that change, they have just been rattling off win after win. And it's been, a, I mean, they went to the Kibbe dome. They won. They took down Sac State when they thought Bobby Hawk never won a championship with them, did he? I think he did. He did. He won one. I think he went. I think he lost to JMU. (laughs) (laughs) Are you sure? Just had to crowbar that in. Joe Glenn was their last championship, Ah. 2001. He went. Okay, he's coached to three FCS championships, but he's not won one. He hasn't won one yet. I sense a pattern here. Not not able to win the big one. (laughs) Yep. Three number two finishes uh, so Damn. far. This is the Buffalo Bills. Uh, <laughs> I thought he got one. Um, anyway, uh, I think it's too many fucking points, though. I'll tell you that because I do think Montana is better than Montana State. I also think, given Bobby Hall a couple weeks to prep, I think that the dual threat of Clifton McDowell can give South Dakota State enough problems. I think if you look, any uh, South Dakota State just destroyed Reese Poffenberger, uh, but. I also think like that's a one-dimensional offense. They're kind of a finesse passing offense. Montana by having McDowell and having that option, their run pass it, even having Vidlock, who still gets in on some of these games, I think they they they're, they're a harder team to prep for. Mm-hmm. I will take the points with my Grizz. I know NC Nick and the Brawl of the Wild. He took Montana State. He foolishly took Montana State, thinking they were gonna <laughs> take down the Grizz. I'm all over the points. I still still have a bitter taste in my mouth from that game, which is why (laughs) I'm going to disagree with you here. I worry about Clifton McDowell's ability to to pass the ball because in the three playoff games, he hasn't, he hasn't been over 55% completion percentage yet. And he has what four touchdowns to two interceptions. He's, he's thrown picks in two of the three games. I think what San Diego state and their number one defense, I think they're going to stop the running game and force Montana to, to try to beat him in the air. And I don't think that's going to happen. I'm all over the Jackrabbits. I'm riding with ERBO in the chat. I'm going to lay the big number and uh, talk it up again, man. Back to back champs. They're the best team by a mile. Mm. They could win, but they're not going to cover. 12 and a half is the number. 12 and a half. <laughs> uh, look, Clifton McDowell, I do love the name. We should all. You're yeah. rooting for McDowell's, you know, uh, again, the golden arcs. I, what is it? Yeah. The golden arcs they got the big Mac. They got, we got, we the, got big the big Mac. Mac. That's yeah. right. Hey, uh, they got the small fry sesame seed bum bun. Uh, we, what does he say? He says <laughs> yeah. some shit like that. We right. gotta, we gotta, we gotta get that one dialed up yeah. for the, uh, for the game. Uh, look, Isaiah Davis is an NFL running back. Uh, I noticed that last year when I saw him, I was like, yeah. who the hell is that guy? He's a stud. Um, you know, Gronowski, I don't I have to get a better look at him, but he's good. 68%, 69% completion percentage, uh, 28 touchdowns, four interceptions. Look, I think South Dakota state is about to make their North Dakota state run and they're just getting ramped up here. So not only will I have them win, I will have them cover against a good Montana. I respect Montana. I think South Dakota state is, you know, they want to catch North Dakota state. Watch one thing to watch out is junior Bergen. Have you caught this kid, this kick returner? He's he's their starting wideout too, but he has killed it in the special teams game uh, against North Dakota State. Uh, what he had a punt return for a touchdown the game before in the playoffs against Furman. He had a kick return and a punt return for a touchdown. This guy is a difference maker. Junior Bergen, I like this name for Clifton McDowell to Junior Bergen. Montana has been living on the edge, two straight overtime wins to get here. That's what I'm saying. It's magical. It's magic. That that, that magic runs out in Frisco. 
They don't mess with magic and Frisco. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> There's a story that Penn and Teller got their ass whooped in Frisco, Texas, one one, one Friday night. That's right. All right. They tried to pull some magic out of the bar. Some guy fucking threw a fucking a stein of beer into his face and said, "You get your magic ass out of right. here." They, they all have all right? steins down in yeah. Frisco, but no magic. Magic Johnson tried to go there once too. That was don't even make me tell that story. David Blaine right? did that little card trick where he threw the thing against the window. Yeah, Blaine got get his the ass fuck kicked out of here. Uh, all right, let's ju- let's. So I think I, I do think South Dakota State's going to win the game. But it sprinkle a little bit on the money line, just in case. Give me like a uh, 31-27 final. Jackrabbits mm. get it done. Uh, but sprinkle a little bit on the. I might. I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on the Grizz because I think it's it's juicy. It's juicy out Ooh. there. Um. All right. Let's switch over to the FBS here. We're going. We're staying in the state of Texas. How how does the FCS play at a better venue than the FBS? What the <laughs> fuck's going on here? All right. We're going to NRG Energy. <laughs> Fucking, we're yeah. going to NASA. This doesn't even have a soul on Sundays, this let is the alone worst on, stadium yeah. in the fucking country. One, this is top ten worst stadium in the country, um, for a football game. Yeah, NRG Stadium. Both teams have won. Well, no, no, no. What is it? Washington's won like twenty-one straight games. Is it right? I think Washington's won twenty, twenty-one or twenty-two straight games. Rolling. Um. They head into Houston, Texas. Now, in a dome, who does it, who does this benefit more? You think, Patty C? Obviously, Washington. I yeah. do too. And I, that's one thing I want to bring up here is like, what if you had to compare Washington to any other team from an offensive standpoint? Wouldn't it be Ohio State with their receivers? Not this year. McCord just wasn't. I'm just know. saying though that Harrison and all those guys. Yes, typically. Yeah. You know, yeah. Stroud kind of even reminds you of Penix maybe a little bit. Uh, well, the team that Michigan played last year, uh, at Ohio State, yeah, that's a similar compare. That's a good comparison, I think. Well, because I, I I was thinking that Michigan when they played Ohio State, because Harrison still went off against them, I think this year. Yeah, McCord Harrison went off. They, he went off against everybody. Yeah, yeah, but my well, that's my point is that that was in Ann Arbor in yeah. in cold weather. Sure, in a dome in a neutral site. I, I I just don't see how Michael Penn like I understand Michigan's got a great pass defense. That was part of my handicap against uh Alabama, but mm-hmm. I also don't think they've faced anybody nearly no, like they have not. As it's good as Michael Penn. Right? Yeah. It's kinda yeah. hard to tell. I mean, we just saw it. the best quarterback they've played is is Talia Tagalavoa. So uh Yeah, I, it's not even close to the 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 passing uh, situation they're going to be facing. They haven't seen that all year yet. And I think Kalen DeBauer also is, and I, lo- I you got to love the fact that Jim Harbaugh started his coaching career in the FCS, Kalen DeBauer in the NAIA, and here they are playing in the national championship. Um, also, did Michigan celebrate a bit too much? When I think they beat so. Alabama? It seems like I saw like Jack Harbaugh got- there crying <laughs> and his mom right. going it crazy. It seemed like they won the national championship. You know, I, I know this is the third year in a row, and they didn't want to lose in the semifinal for the third year in a row. So for the, for them, it was huge to get over that jump. But you know what? Now they got to refocus because they're playing in six more days. And if you ask Noah Beanick, you know what was the clear, glaring weakness all year? He said their special teams looked very yeah. iffy. Obviously, <laughs> uh, here I'm going to give you guys a, a, a comparison here. This is like Alabama was like. The first time you go out, you have a special night with a girl you're really excited about, and then boom, 
two o'clock hits and you guys are getting down at it. And boom, you're a little, you're a little, you know, it may be bust a little quick, right? <laughs> you're just not ready for the moment, right? But then I you know calm. the human being and fish can coexist peacefully. You calm down. You say, you know, we're going at this again. And then you, and then you give her what she really wants. Okay. And so that's what Michigan's going to do. They're yeah, going to calm down. I eat everything. I eat the pussy. I eat the butt. I eat every motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> the stage, I don't think is going to be it, the, 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 certainly the, the uh, Rose bowl. I, I, like you mentioned the granddaddy of them all, the biggest stage in college football. NRG Stadium, maybe the worst. Uh, no, that's like a step down. Yeah, that's what I'm down. saying. Psychologically, this is a step down. You went from the Rose Bowl. You got Kirk Herbstreit's dog fucking. There. I don't see. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, don't see, I think the problem for Michigan in the Rose Bowl was that it was too climactic of a, a, a scene for them, and they made mistakes. I think if they're not overwhelmed with the the, the stage, then they're just gonna play superior football because that's what they are. They're the best team in the country. Are but, they? We'll see. I mean, Washington has proven it time and again. That I mean, they, last two times out, Washington has beat Oregon and Texas. We know Texas is better than Alabama because they proved it on the field in Tuscaloosa. Washington looked better beating a better team than Michigan did beating Bama. I know you can't always just say, and, and therefore Washington's going to win. No, because right. you know different styles make fights and you know, there's different matchups here, but if, I just if, don't think it's, it's fair to Washington that they're a four and a half point dog. Well, if you look at like Washington's schedule since November 4th, like November 4th at USC home to Utah at Oregon state in a fucking monsoon home to Washington state, Apple cup, Oregon, Texas, and now Michigan, they, they, like they're getting decent opponents every fucking week and winning. Now I know they're all winning by one score games, but <laughs> Right. It, it's fascinating to me the gauntlet that they've gone through in the final, you know, five games here, six and games. The Pac-12 was by far better than the Big Ten this year. Yeah. Michigan feasted on on a bunch of bad quarterbacks and a shitty out of conference schedule. Uh, I I just think Washington has proven more at this point, and I think you could argue that they're more 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 complete of a team. Now they're saying Dylan Johnson's questionable. I don't know if they're just saying that and he's not going to play because he was carted off. Yeah. And we know that he actually uh, was not the starter to start the season. So he, they're starting running back to start the season's out for the year. So they, they're actually out without their top two running backs. Uh, but this is one thing that I thought they did. See, if you look at the stat sheet from that Texas game, you sit there and you say they were not able to run the ball, right? But I think that's fool's gold here because Kalen DeBauer does all these little wide receiver screens and little things. That is his run game. That is his run game. He does all this crazy shit. So you look and you say, okay, uh, Dylan Johnson only ran for what was it like forty three yards or something, right? I don't think that's fool's gold. I think Texas has had one of the best rush defenses no, in the nation. I'm saying DeBauer yeah. knew that coming in, and that's why he did all those bubble screens. Like there's so many little things he yeah. did the, 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 the play action to the tight end. Like they, they had a bunch of little routes that I consider his version of the run game, which means I don't think he has, he doesn't care about, okay, we only right. ran for 2.3 yards of rush. Cause he's using the pass game as his run game. I think that's going to be key if Dylan Johnson's out and obviously Michael Penix's legs, but I would agree that some teams you want to see a balanced offense with Washington. I don't think it's that important because the passing attack is that good. And because they can use a lot of short passing to kind of take the place for runs. 
Well, let me, let me tell you this. Offensively, I would say uh, Texas, Oregon, and Michigan kind of represent each other a little bit. They're, they're all physical run teams. Oregon uh, passes a lot. Oregon does pass yeah. a lot. I think that's a little counterfeit, like we said, Michael, or uh, some of those like yeah. handoffs that yeah. count as a pass that Bonex got. Um, but either way, I mean, we saw Oregon has one of the top rushing offenses in the nation. Uh, Texas is a strong running game, and the Michigan is too. Now, um, so I think that's the, I think all of those teams will have similar success against uh, against Washington offensively. You know, I think maybe I don't even think uh, Michigan's any better than either Oregon or Texas offensively. So I expect Michigan to hang around thirty points uh, on Washington. Now I think the difference is Texas has the number one sixteen pass defense. Oregon has the number fifty four pass defense. Michigan has the number two pass defense, and so that's what makes you know, of that same style, Texas, the number three team, Oregon, the number two team and Michigan, the number one team that plays that style of football. So I think Michigan may do a better job defensively. I think you're right though, Nick, I think four and a half points is a lot. Uh, here's my real handicap. Michael Penix is the best player in college football. You have him making your decisions. You're going to be okay. He's proved it all year. He even proved it last year. Uh, you know, I know they didn't win the national championship, but really since they, they, they won out, like I said, 22 straight wins. There's no way I'm not taking Washington with the points here, especially in the dome. I think that helps them. I yeah. also I also think they have the better kicking game. So in a, I, what's that? Washington's going to want to be in the 30s. They're going to want to put up around what they did against Texas, put up 37. Um, and I, I think it's going to come down to that Michigan that Michigan pass rush. You know, can they get to Penix? Or will the O line for Washington step up? Will Penix, you know, be shifty enough in the pocket to make you know a guy miss from from time to time? I think that's the key matchup, you know, because I think if Michigan gets off and if if they can pressure him like they did Bama, then Washington might not hit thirty. But right now, I have to have faith in that offensive line, and I have to have faith in Michael Penix to do enough offensively to at least cover, if not win outright. So I think the play is you take the points and you also hit the money line. That's an interesting point with, uh, you know, the, the, that probably is the matchup of the game. Uh, Washington's offensive line against Michigan's defensive front because Michigan supposedly only blitzed six times and they got five sacks yeah. in yeah. that or however many in, in that time frame. Um, it looked like they were able to get pre- now Alabama's offensive line probably isn't as good as Washington's. Not at all. No. Yeah. No. So, but uh, what, what was, was Alabama the Joe stat Moore? for uh, sacks? They were like the hundred hundred eleventh in the nation in sacks, in sacks allowed. Yeah. yeah, that's unheard of yeah. for Alabama. Yeah, that's if crazy. Michigan can get pressure without sending a lot, and they can drop a lot of guys in the coverage, then they can neutralize but, maybe that. But let's be honest. Before coming into last week, people said Texas had the best defensive line. A lot of people thought, and they didn't get one sack. That's why I think it's so important. Michael Penix to me is the reason why I'm riding with him because he always makes the, the right decisions. He always, he, you know, he can extend plays. He can, uh, he's just, and McNamara, let's be honest. I'm not McNamara. Uh, McCarthy. Uh, he gives you a couple balls that are, that are out there to me. Like first, first play of the game. Yeah. Should have been an interception. Yeah. I mean, and even with that, there was a couple others that you sit there and say, whew, he, that's been a problem for him since uh, his freshman year. I obviously, he would probably improve on it since then. So obviously it was a problem back now. It was probably a problem back then, but he's been doing that for a long time. I don't know if it's a small hands or shoulder strength or what, but that ball flutters on him. It, he, does, he doesn't always throw a tight spiral. And 
and that costs them sometimes on on balls going too high. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I'm fascinated by the matchup because they're both kind of opposites of each other. Uh, you know, I, I think this is this is this could make for the best national championship we've had since what the Georgia Alabama game, right? Have we Which, heard Patty's pick yet? Are we all taking Washington? Uh, I'm with you guys. I think uh, for kind of exactly the same reason Colby said with uh, Penix. You know, I think they're a very live dog here. You know, I'm still favoring Michigan to win outright, but I think four and a half points, like you said, Nick, is just a tad too many. I think it's a, a lot too many. I think it should be like down in like two and a half point range. And what can neutralize a great pass rush besides your good, great offensive line? His mobility, man. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like his mobility, it's not like yeah. We saw Milrow do yeah. it and 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 keep Alabama alive just on that mobility. Now, but Milrow can't connect on those passes. Penix's accuracy down the field is fucking incredible. Yeah, it's like it's like a dart. Yeah, it, like, it's just all <laughs> angles. Like it's it's a lot of fun to watch. But I see the over under said that fifty five and a half. What do you guys think about that? I actually think over. So what does that mean? On hey, um yeah. They take five points away for the spread, and so it's they're expecting like a, a twenty-five to thirty game. That sounds about right. That's kind of what I we've think, been talking I about. I think it'll be over. I think slightly yeah, over yeah. as well. Give me Washington like 33-31. Washington wins. Oh, you got the you're calling the upset. Yeah, I yep. am too. I think oh, Washington's you're calling the upset. Wow. Now, I don't think it's an upset. I actually think Washington is the like I think they're just a bad matchup for Michigan. Yeah, I think uh, now Michigan. What's the blueprint for Michigan? Just run the ball, control the clock, and force Penix into a turnover. But I just think they haven't faced anyone like this at the quarterback spot. I also think their wide receiver play and the fact that it's in a dome and the fact that there's they have a better special teams. I think Washington is just in a better spot here's right what, now. Here's what yeah. you guys aren't accounting for. What's that? The blue blood bias. Okay, uh, Michigan is the blue blood, and they're going to get the bullshit calls, and that. There will be a bullshit call that helps Michigan win this game. 33-30 Wolverines. Harbaugh rides off into the sunset. He's a Chicago Bear after they lose on Don't Sunday. Don't say that. I want him in college football. Hey, it's probably going to happen. They're talking about an eight-game suspension maybe by the NCAA for buying next, cheeseburgers. For buying cheeseburgers. Come on. Yeah. You know what got him on this too, right? The place gave him the burgers for free, but he wanted a tip. I don't know if you're familiar mm. with the story. He yeah, so I remember you talking they about. They put it, a yeah. penny down and then he tipped on the card and that's how they found out. Uh, uh, uh. Ah, no good deed goes unpunished. Uh, no final score. You ready for this one? Final score is let's go 38, 35 Washington Ooh. smashing the over Washington hits a, uh, a 42 yard game winning field goal. Penix gets Michigan's going to tie it up. Kick the ball back to Washington with like a minute left. Penix's gonna get them in the spot to load up for that field goal. Drive it down. And the other uh, thing, you, the, other, the other thing you can do also is tease this and take Washington plus ten and a half over forty nine and a half. I like the sound of well, that. You're gonna have to tease it with 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 what else? The Montana. Well, I, yeah. It's a two leg teaser. Okay. Here's what's gonna happen. Uh, Penix is gonna throw an interception. I think Michigan's defensive backfield is going to, if they can generate that pass rush with, you know, without blitzing the heck out of them, eventually they're going to dial something up on the back end and, you know, step in front of a pass. And that'll be the difference. That could be also, I don't know because the Rutgers wide out room is a lot different than the, uh, <laughs> the Either way, I anticipate a yeah. pretty damn good game here. Yeah. I can't wait for this one. 
Can't wait for both games, really. So let me ask you this: which which play do you feel better about, Montana, South Dakota State, or or uh, Washington, Michigan, NC Nick? Washington. The, the, this spread should be Michigan by a field goal if if they're favored at, at all. Yeah, I would. I actually think it should be like. I actually think it should be like Michigan minus one. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I kind of agree with that, but I feel better about the South Dakota state game just because I think they're a super dominant force right now. Mm. They are, I think I feel better about the Washington game. Well, yeah. I feel like Washington and the points. Oh yeah. You just said that Nick, yeah. Nick, can you agree? Yeah. I disagree. All right. <laughs> that that All right. was the question. <laughs> All right. All right. Here I'll, uh, the only thing on my mind, Gene, was pussy. <laughs> All right, folks. This is the college football show. What else you want to talk about? This is it, right? Uh, do we have any coaching? Uh, no, we talked about talked all that. about it all. Talked about all that. Yep, I think uh, Duke Syracuse is uh, right about halftime, so I need to jump out and catch that. Oh, there you go. There you go. Uh, folks, we'll be back with the college basketball experience at the top of the hour, eight o'clock uh, Pacific time. The real Dukes. The real Duke. How about, how about the JMU Duke, Virginia? Nick, your thoughts on JMU undefeated right now? That's basketball. fantastic. I love have, it. Have to say, I hate that uh, App State's looking pretty good at basketball. I don't want them to get us both times. And, I was and, just about to say that they play twice coming up. I yeah, think. twice yeah. in January, I believe. Uh, I think so, like the uh, second or third week in January. Uh, this, yeah. this is I love bad. the fact that you know that. You know those great football games. Now we're going to see it on the hardwoods too, because they're both probably the the, the, the class of the uh, Sunbelt. That's right. Uh, I, we we do not need that. The 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 shit talk from Ab State will be unbearable if they can hand us our <laughs> first loss in both sports. Uh, be, before we sign out, I want to shout out to Iowa, Tennessee. I cashed the under on thirty six and a half. It was super sweaty, but I want to shout out to Iowa because look, Brian Ferentz is riding off into the sunset, and I appreciate. I just appreciate what they did as a team. They honored him correctly in the final time he ever was their OC there uh, by scoring by, zero points. by throwing for <laughs> by throwing for a cool sixty and uh, and scoring zero points. That's his last two games. As That's the way you should do it. That's the way you should do just it. Score zero every time. And and they did bench Deacon Hill, which pissed me off because yeah, come on, clearly he's he's your he's your future. Don't don't do that to his confidence. All right. Uh, have folks, they, have, do we have any idea who the uh, new OC is going to be? We don't, we don't, but uh, give me Scott Frost. I love that idea. Yeah. Yeah. That would be great. Cause then he gets to play. He gets to play Bring back the triple option. Oh yeah. Let's go folks. We are the college football experience. Uh, obviously I'll be back uh, in a couple of days with CJ Sullivan talk previewing the national championships, both of them. Uh, and also uh, make sure you, uh, you know, we'll be back. We're going to break down a, we'll have a reaction show, a pregame show for the national championship and all that good stuff. But uh, after that, we're going to break down schedules for each and every conference. We're going to get into the thick of it. I'm sure more portal news will happen. Uh, we'll got you. We got you covered here on the college football experience. Give Patty C a follow on Twitter at Patty C eight, three, one NC Nick is on Twitter at NC underscore underscore N I C K. I'm on Twitter at the Colby D the college football experience is on Twitter at TCE on SGPN. Please. If you can, it's the end of the season. Hop on over to iTunes. Give us a five-star review. So, so we're not asking for much here. Come on. I see the numbers. We need more, more, more of those iTunes reviews. All right, let's go. Also subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com slash the college experience. It's the hub, the hub for all of our shows, the college baseball experience, the college basketball experience, the FCS college football experience. 
And obviously this show, the college football experience, we might even get some frozen four action on this fucking thing. Let's go uh, folks. Check out the sports gambling podcast as well. And until next time, this is the college football experience. Happy new year. And I cannot wait for the national championships until next time. You better start thinking about yours and we out of here.